Welcome to the Like, Bite, and Share podcast, brought to you by Schweiden Sons. Learn the secrets of food and hospitality marketing from some of the best professionals in the food business. Here are your co-hosts, Rev Ciancio from Schweiden Sons and Brad Garoon from BurgerWeekly.com. Hey, Rev. Hi, Brad. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really excited about this podcast we have. Go Podcast? So Michigan. This podcast we have today because trying to make it happen for like four months. You know, what, what, what people don't know and probably don't really care about the behind the scenes with this show is it takes a lot of coordination to get, you know, one or two people to talk uh, on, for an hour on the same day. Uh, we do a lot of like scheduling and then a half hour before the show, it has to move or reschedule or whatever. But getting five people to find the same hour of time to discuss one topic has taken months. Yeah, but we're real lucky that... Uh... Alexa and Reina and Dara, who we'll introduce more formally in a minute. Uh, we're real lucky that the three of them were able to do this, and, and you're gonna. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation that we have with them uh, about Instagram influencers and food Instagramming, um, primarily in New York City. But I think that the the advice and the knowledge sort of transcends New York. It's good, but before we get to that, I want to talk about something else. Okay. I want to talk about how you sabotaged the first version of the intro to this podcast. Oh, dude, that's not what happened, man. (laughs) So the story goes like this. I put together a burger crawl the last week of December and sent out an invite to a bunch of people, including Brad, and said, hey, let's, you know, it's the last time this year we're all going to hang out. Let's go eat a bunch of burgers at a bunch of places all in one night. Most people would get that email and be like, oh, my God, I'm going to eat burgers. And some people did. And Brad showed up for one location, and then he went home. And now I won't let him live it down <laughs> because I feel I, like- Go ahead. This is not how it went down. This is it, not how that It is how it went down. down. It's definitely how it went down. The, I think you made- you sent out that email, but first you texted me, and I said, I'm not eating burgers for the rest of the year, because so I just ate seven burgers in a week, and I'll come and hang out, but I also had just started a new job. I was like, I'll come and hang out, but I'm not going to eat burgers, and I'm not going to stay. So you knew. Yes, but the public persona of Brad from Burger Weekly, not BG Likes Pizza, not Garoon Gate, but Burger Weekly Brad. <laughs> Is that that is how every single day of your life goes, and you need to live up to that persona. Or I could just be like a normal human man and not be promoting obesity and heart disease and just say, like, hey, you can eat a lot of burgers and do it responsibly. And and to tie the story together, so we recorded an intro of this podcast, and when we go to talk about, oh, what burger did you eat this week? What burger did you eat that week? Uh, I railroaded Brad. He did not see that I was going to bring this up in front of him. And it was funny, and it was off-putting, and it was good. And I get an email the next morning that says, the intro didn't work, we got to record it. So, blaming you for sabotaging it. Yeah, I didn't sabotage. I mean, I sent you the file that I had, and it was a lot of blank space. I didn't make it blank. It was on YouTube. I didn't. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no, there's full transparency here. I'm, I'm legit. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of full transparency... <laughs> And uh, railroading people. Should we segue over to our interview today and let uh, let some people talk about some things that really matter? Yeah, let's do that. We are here with Alexa Maravon, also known as Eating NYC, Raina Greenberg, also known as One Hungry Jew, and Dara Pollock, also known as The Skinny Pig NYC. 
or just Skinny Pig NYC. They are joining us for our Instagram Influencer Roundtable. Alexa, as I mentioned, is the brand behind Eating NYC. Uh, in under two years, she has amassed over 130,000 followers on her Instagram account. She's collaborated with national food publications, has been featured in Cosmopolitan, AM New York, and the Wall Street Journal, and has leveraged her following and expertise into a position with Bullfrog and Bomb, a hospitality marketing agency that, in the interest of full disclosure, represents our sponsor, Schweizens. Uh, Raina Greenberg uh, runs One Hungry Jew, which humbled me this week because it surpassed Burger Weekly in Instagram followers, so I hate you. Raina is now a product launch specialist for Amazon Restaurants, which is an Amazon Prime Now-based restaurant delivery service, which is in the process of launching in 20 major metropolitan areas across the U.S. Dara, as I mentioned, runs Skinny Pig NYC. Uh, she's run the Skinny Pig NYC blog for seven years and has just about doubled her Instagram following in the last three months from 10 to 20,000 followers. She recently published her first article on Food Network's blog. Uh, so let's jump right in. Alexa, how big of a following do you need before it's time to start using your Instagram as a, as a promotional tool for yourself? I don't really think there's a certain number. I think um, it's kind of about building momentum and putting yourself out there and getting noticed and kind of, you know, integrating yourself into the food scene. And I think once you're able to do that, restaurants and um, PR firms will start approaching you. Alexa, how long have you had the account open? Almost two years. And did it start on Instagram or did it start somewhere else? Um, no, I started it as an Instagram account just for fun about two years ago. And when did it stop being fun? <laughs> it's still fun. That's why I do it. I love doing it every day. And how, how, has the, how has the profile of the account changed over time? I would have to say the quality of the photos have gone a lot better. Um, sometimes I like to look back and see what my pictures look like in the first few months that I started it, and they're so embarrassingly terrible that I can't even believe I posted them. I definitely think the pictures have gotten better. I think um, you know I've definitely created more of a voice and brand for myself. Um, you know, there are certain things I would say, certain things I wouldn't say. So, um, you know, I've definitely developed um, kind of a place and an identity in the space. Reina, you've been involved in the food and beverage-related tech world for some time. How did being a part of this Instagram food community help you succeed in your day job? So yeah, you know, I used to manage restaurants, and then I, I switched over to the tech side of it. Um, when I when Amazon reached out to me, they were really looking for somebody with just a different background. I'm, I'm the only person they've hired on the sales team that was not previously in another division from Amazon. Um, that's out of you know tons of reps. Uh, so they wanted somebody that had worked with restaurants in a lot of different avenues, and they knew I had a lot of great connections, and that I was really somebody that understood restaurants and didn't just have a sales background um, so I think that that was very attractive to them uh, and I think that they were excited because they're not really it's a, it's a brand new product it's not something that Amazon's ever done before uh, so figuring out how to market this who to market it to um, has been, been a really fun thing to collaborate with them on very very cool Dara the entire time I've known you uh, you've been doing skinny pig full-time uh, how are you able to make that big leap that I think everybody who starts something like this hopes they can do at some point? Well, um, I mean, in my case, it's kind of like I'm not doing so much of the, like, skinny pig full-time. I mean, I, I'm a freelance writer, so 
you know, I think some of my stuff comes from uh, doing other projects as well. I mean, I have been doing my blog for a long time, and it's great. And it's fulfilling, and um, there are some opportunities that I work, I work with brands a lot, you know, creating recipes, things like that. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a tricky thing to do. But if it's your passion, I think that it kind of starts to come together eventually. You know, things just, if you start following what you love to do, things start to kind of fall to place. Awesome. Alexa, you mentioned a minute ago, you don't have to answer this. Whoever wants to jump in and answer this question, please do. Rev and I talk a lot about how on Instagram there's uh, an image quality versus reality uh, disconnect sometimes. Um, sometimes it seems like uh, Instagrammers, in the interest of boosting their, their followings, uh, post the best-looking photos versus maybe the most realistic-looking photos. Uh, how much does getting a great shot that you know will be well-received trump authentic storytelling? You know, I think that definitely there's there's always this sort of pull between, you know, there's restaurants that I love to go out to. There's, you know, two and three star restaurants that have beautifully intricate plated detail uh, plates. And, you know, those things don't tend to get the most amount of likes. People like cheeseburgers, they like pasta, they like really gluttonous stuff. So it is sort of a struggle between, you know, do I go with the places that are new and interesting to me or do I go to places that are going to be new and interesting to other people? But I think it's important to have a nice mix of both of those things as long as your account is consistent. So there's people that post cheeseburgers every day, you know, like Burger Weekly. So that's that is a consistent thing throughout your account. For me, to be consistent, I just constantly want to be going to the newest restaurants, the most relevant. Um, so if that means every once in a while that I have a photo that isn't liked so much, but I, I get the opportunity to showcase a restaurant that is really fantastic, that's that's totally fine for me. I think as long as your message is consistent, um, it's it's fine to drop a photo here and there that people aren't gonna go crazy for. Just that's my opinion of it. Kind of agree with Green on that too. I think like consistency is definitely important, and um, something I know at least for my account, I know that certain things will get more likes than other ones. You know, the things that are like really big gluttonous sandwiches or things that are loaded with bacon and cheese and stuff like that. But at the same time, I also try to like weave in my personality as much as I possibly can into my you know, Instagram and through my blog, you know, I try to kind of keep everything cohesive. And so sometimes I'm going to throw up a really like stupid selfie of me or me doing the Carlton dance on my Instagram. And I don't really care if it gets 300 likes as opposed to 3,000. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think echoing what they both said, it's really important to just stick to your brand and your message. And, you know, you have to realize that some posts are going to do better than others. And, um, you know, it's as much as we all want, a hundred thousand likes on all of our pictures. It's not always about that, you know. We we are building um, a brand and an image for ourselves. So I think um, sometimes you have to sacrifice that for the greater whole. Let's take, let's say, so out of out of five photos, how many would you call a branding photo versus like your standard photo? Whereas standard meaning like, oh yeah, it's that crazy bacon cheeseburger, and the branding photo being, you know, about you or about the account. Um, I mean, we all are predominantly food accounts. Um, I think that, I mean, for me personally, I would like to post more photos showcasing myself, but I think that, um, you know, being a food-based account, it's very hard and often scary to post something that's not food. Um, I think I speak for all of us when we say that that is something we'd all like to do more, but it's definitely not easy. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it if it's relevant to the account. I want... You know, I really want followers to feel like they know me, that they sort of understand like a little bit about me. 
Um, so I think it's fun every once in a while to post a photo of yourself and say something silly, or if I'm out with like a bunch of my friends that also do this, it's you know fun to post a photo of us all together. Um, I don't know. There's like a huge desire for it, but I, I do want people to feel that the account's a little more personal. And I feel like it builds a stronger user base. If people feel like you know this is an actual person, I understand what their message is, I know what they look like. I, I think it just it, it makes a more loyal user base. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of agree with that, but that's also like what I was saying. I think my account is probably a little bit more like that than the others. I feel like I know I'm like silly and <laughs> making jokes all the time, so I kind of like to put that into my account. Um, you know, I'm not saying that I think everyone should do it, but I do think that there's something that Lorena was saying about um, it building a more loyal user base. Like I interact with my uh, followers a lot, you know, pretty much every comment I'll reply to unless it's something nasty, in which case, no. Um, for the most part, yeah, you know, like I like to engage with them, and I think that that kind of makes them feel like they know me in a way. Um, so I think it's helpful, but I don't think everyone has to do it, you know, to each their own. Dara, you just had a, a dish... Um, named after your Instagram account and your blog at Black Tree, um, so obviously you're you're pretty adept at working with restaurant owners and and food marketers. Uh, do you have any other basic tips that you can give to restaurant owners on how not to just make better looking food photos for their accounts, but stuff that will also garner a lot of engagement? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it depends on the restaurant and like what exactly their style is. But I mean, if you're if you're something like a black tree where, you know, you can get really creative with stuff and make things that are a little bit over the top, I think that's always important because I think in this world, um, the Instagram world meeting, uh, I think people like to post things that are different and things that are going to be eye-catching and black tree happens to be really fantastic at doing that. Um, but, you know, always engaging with the bloggers on Instagram is a really good way to go. I mean, that was kind of how this happened with me, you know, they're just engaging and following me and commenting and then eventually I went in there to eat and the owner happened to be there and Sandy was great and we talked and, you know, it kind of just rolled on from there. So I guess that would be my advice is to just keep your eye on, like, the Instagrammers and what they're doing and if you think you have something that could fit, like, what they do, then give it a shot. I mean, I did that sandwich for pig meat on this guinea pig. I mean, it makes so much sense. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about branding and brand identity and you know standing out from amongst all the other Instagram eaters out there. I would like each of you to give one tip that you would give another person operating a food Instagram account and how to be better at engaging and growing your followers. Engaging the followers, I mean, I think is, I mean, for me, really simple. You know, when somebody writes something on my on my posts, I always try to write back. Um, I think it just makes people feel a little more endeared to me and creates more of a loyalty. How to grow it? Um, well, <laughs> I think that photo quality is really important. Um, for me, just like Alexa said, you know, I, I look back at my old photos and I can't believe anybody ever started following this account. Um, I think it's really important to um, really go out of your way to get good lighting, to be able to edit the photos really well. I think people, you know, there's so many people doing this today, so I think it's important to have superior quality of photos. Um, anything you can do to stand out, whether it's a specific way that you photograph, whether it's a specific comment style that you have, I think is important. Um, I don't particularly have like a niche, but I think niche accounts are great. People that have like a specific focus, like a Burger Weekly, um, I think is, is very important. Um, and then I think just to, I mean, really random things like adding hashtags, tagging people in it, that always helps as well for me. Yeah, similar to what Raina said, I know for me when I 
first started out, um, I was, I think, the second or third, like, food Instagram account, and um, there really was not, you know, the space really wasn't saturated at all, and one of the things I would do a few times a day, believe it or not, was go through all of the photos tagged with eats, with five E's, which at the time there was not enough of them to go through them in one day. But I would go through and like and, you know, try to engage with all those people, you know, tap, I would try to tap into that food community, which, you know, wasn't as big at the time and kind of engage that audience um, and get that demographic. And, I mean, I think that really helped me out. I think if I, you know, wasn't able to um, engage and comment and, um, you know, become part of that community, uh, my account wouldn't be so successful. Yep. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with um, everything that um, they were saying before. One thing that I used to do, um, not I haven't done it recently so much, but I know when I was really trying to grow it more, one of the things I used to do would be like to go to the explore page, and you would see like a bunch of those really, really terrible Instagram photos. <laughs> and honestly, I would just like them, and a lot of times they would like and start following back because. Let's be honest, I know those are usually not the people with a ton of followers, so if they see this tweet, who is like me at the time, maybe has like 4,000 or 3,000, they're probably going to follow me, you know? So I, I didn't do that on purpose, but I noticed that it started to work. That <laughs> was one thing I started doing, and it seemed to kind of catch on. Um, obviously, like everybody's saying, the hashtag, that too, that's a huge thing. Um, I was not uh, into it at first, but it really, really does make a difference if you use relevant hashtags. Um, and yeah, like honestly, if you just like I said, if you're good at what you do, I mean, people are gonna start noticing. So I think that that's something too. I have a question on that tip. Do any of you use or recommend auto follow, like, or commenting programs for Instagram? No. No way. <laughs> so I see people do that. You can tell. I mean, pretty much right away. Um, on Instagram, I mean, you can see that people are like following and unfollowing these like random accounts. Um, I can tell when people use it because they'll follow and unfollow me like four or five times. I think it's I think it's a totally bullshit shady thing to do. I don't I don't agree with it at all. Not love it. Good. Love this photo. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. was gonna say too, you can also tell between uh, followers and likes also if somebody has like forty thousand followers but their pictures are getting like four hundred likes, that's how you know they're buying their followers. You know, I don't think that that's true hundred percent of the time. I think some people we know are just really good at engagement. I think some other people we know might be using <laughs> These things. Well, I've I've seen some pretty ridiculously high liked photos um, by Instagram food people, and and they don't have these huge followings. Or maybe my engagement. No, it's conversely though. Like Dara, Dara gets a ton of likes on her photos compared to the number of of followers she has. Like Dara will get she'll get more likes than I will. So I think some people tend, like, Dara's great at engaging people, and she has a great look, following, and all of her stuff is so gluttonous and amazing. But I think that, like she was saying, if you look at an account and somebody does have, like, 40,000 followers and you're getting 400 likes on a photo, it's, it's clear that there's something a little shady going on. I'll tell you what, nothing, nothing makes me more frustrated as a fellow food Instagrammer is when I see an account that maybe doesn't have as many followers as I think is uh, in proportion to the amount of likes that their photo is getting, Am I being ridiculous, or are, have they found a way to game the system? Because they have more likes than they have more likes than the number of followers. 
I, I think that the, the amount of likes they're getting per photo are disproportionate to the amount of followers the account might have. In My theory is that those people bought their followers. If you're getting like, like I said, that's that's the only thing I would compare it to is something similar to mine. But you know, if you have forty thousand followers and you get like four hundred, five hundred likes on a photo, I think that it statistically like could not happen. It would not happen. I, I just want to I just want to make one sort of there there are anomalies though, right? Like getting featured on the main page of Instagram, um, the way that your photo and hashtags fit in with their algorithm based on what other people are following. That does happen sometimes. It never happens to me, which is very upsetting. That's untrue. What do you What do you mean? When have I ever gotten like a freak six thousand likes out of photo? <laughs> uh, last uh, on January first, two thousand sixteen, you and I experienced a freak two hundred and seventy likes in fifteen minutes. At two hundred and seventy, yes, I agree with you. Thank but you. Also, our handsome faces were in that photo. True, true so, story. <laughs> so, word to the guests on this panel. Uh, the last time we posted about the podcast on the Schweiden Sons Instagram, it received six times as many likes as the most liked Instagram post about the show. So wow. that's your challenge. That's your challenge. I mean, just keep posting photos of me, and that'll keep happening. Okay, enough about us. Okay, but speaking of photos. Is there any value to, to gaming likes? Is there any, any reason why that would be valuable to somebody? Um, I think that's a tricky question because the... Analytics surrounding Instagram are pretty gray. Um, I think for us, just as food Instagrammers, we get excited when we get a lot of likes because it's fun. Um, I think for us that means if we get a lot of likes, we might get reposted by a bigger account and then we might get more followers. Um, it also might mean that our, you know, we might create a larger momentum and you know our next five photos after that might get as many likes. You know I think there are a lot of things, um, but in terms of working with um, a brand, I think if you are working with the brand and you can show them how well the post performed, I think that's definitely better. But I don't think there's a um, you know statistical measurement in terms of value. When you have when you have brands or restaurants coming to you uh, and paying for some promotion or a takeover of your Instagram account for whatever reason, what is the ratio of times that they're asking for likes to that photo, likes to or likes to their account? Can you rephrase that question, Rev? I, didn't, I don't think I got it. Let me rephrase that. So I'm I'm wondering when a brand or restaurant comes to you and asks for a takeover of your, of your account, whether it's one photo or five, it doesn't matter. How often is their goal likes to that particular photo on your account versus how often is their goal followers to their account? I think Alexa has, you know, Alexa has three times as many, more than three times as many followers than I do. Um, so she could probably speak to this better. Um, you know, nobody has ever communicated to me this is what I expect. Um, I think that they probably want both. Um, I think that they want people, I think they want it to drive in-house business more than they want it to drive likes or followers. Um, but, I mean, personally, nobody's ever said to me, um, we want you to do two photos and we expect X, Y, Z. Um, restaurants don't tend to incentivize you monetarily the way products do. So, like, a fashion blog will get paid to wear a leather, a leather jacket. Um, I don't really get financial incentives, and because of that, I would never accept somebody telling me like what they needed necessarily either, if that makes sense. But Alexa obviously has way more followers than me, so she's in a sort of different league there. 
I think that the vast majority of the time when people are looking to work together, I'd say maybe 70 or 80% of the time, the brand or restaurant, whatever it is, they're just looking to raise awareness. And I think that they are generally pretty understanding that, you know, social media is a volatile space. You can't guarantee a certain number of followers. You can't guarantee a certain number of likes. And I think um, most people know that going into it. So they're, you know, not going to ask for a certain number of something. Um, I think they can, you know, if they were really curious, they could ask you for some examples of, you know, po posts you did and what um, type of engagement they got. They could look at your Instagram and see your engagement. I think, you know, it's not really something they would ask. Um, in terms of likes per photo and likes per account, I think that's like a 50-50 split. I mean, I've worked with a charity before um, where for every like, for every engagement I got on my post, it helped the charity. Um, or I've worked with another brand where they strictly wanted to grow their Instagram account. So I don't think that falls one way or the other, but definitely I'd say strong 70 or 80% of people who want to work with food Instagrammers are just looking to grow their account or, sorry, not grow their account, but raise awareness about a campaign or a product without a specific number attached to it in terms of growth. You guys sort of uh, glanced at this a bit uh, in those responses, but I think a lot of people are always very curious about how money factors into Instagram accounts per how many followers you have or how big your following is now. Alexa, I know you were recently in, I think it was the Wall Street Journal talking about this. Yeah, um, I think it's a very, very gray area. Um, uh, like I mentioned before, there you know it's not like a blog where you can you know calculate your unique visitors per month. It's not like an advertisement where you can calculate uh, the value of a post. You know, I, I mean, as far as I know, there isn't a way to you know it's pretty arbitrary. Whatever number you want to charge someone for, whatever it is, um, it's an arbitrary number. Um, I think, as a general consensus, I mean. Dara and Raina, correct me if I'm wrong, I think for most of us Instagrammers, um, we like to eat at restaurants for fun, and we're not looking to get paid to do that. Um, that being said, there are Instagrammers who want, who are in it just for money. Um, I think there's something to be said in that case about the, um, you know, morale and, um, you know, the brand and the message um, that you are giving out when, you know, followers know you were paid to post from that restaurant. Yeah, I think when it comes to restaurants, I would never ever want to get paid to uh, go eat at a restaurant. I think that's completely like, kind of like just false advertising. Like, I'm not going to get paid to review a place. I'm going to review a place because I want it to be my opinion, not because somebody paid me to do it. Um, that said, when it comes to things like uh, products, um, there are things like product reviews. You know, I've had my blog for seven years and sometimes people will send me products and they'll want me to try it out or they'll want me to use it. Usually, I'm not going to just do like, okay, pay me and I'll write about your products. What I'll do is I'll integrate it into like a recipe or something and that's where I'll maybe ask for money occasionally because, you know, this is what I do now for my living and ingredients cost money. Like, yeah, you're sending me products and that's great, but what about the rest of the ingredients? It's not always, you know, and some people are not able to do that and so don't have the budget for it and, you know, it's part of their release. And it's like, you know, I'll do it, but... I think that's really the only time where uh, I feel like money comes in is like a sponsored post type of situation. Other than that, it's nothing I would ever want to get paid for, like 
restaurant or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, I've never taken money for it. For me personally, like, I think it's really exciting that I've gotten to meet all of you and we are actually all friends in real life and we go out, we socialize together. And honestly, for me, like, that's that's enough that I get to like go and sit with my friends and have a great time and like oh hey it's free that's awesome. Um, personally, I've never taken money for anything. I know people that have and that's nice for them. Um, I don't know how I would go about sort of figuring out what I would charge and anything I would charge would sort of seem a little ridiculous and arbitrary. Um, but to Dara's point, meals um, versus products are something different. So. If a hot sauce company approached me and wanted me to make a recipe and cook and it was something that cost me money and I was promoting their product, I, maybe that would be a different scenario. Um, but up until today, um, I have never uh, accepted money uh, for anything and I would never post anything that I wasn't behind. So a friend of mine started a bakery. She wanted some advertising. She asked me what it would cost to post. I tried her stuff. I thought it was great. So I did a post for her. Um, Conversely, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have posted it. So um, I don't want it to be something that I'm being monetarily incentivized for, um, and, I, and I never have been before. Those, I think those are all really great answers. I'm so stoked to hear all of you say that because nothing makes me more mad than when I see a picture on Instagram and I'm like, I know you got paid for this, and I'm bummed out at all the people that liked it, and I hope... The desired result was that this restaurant had more people come in, and I hope the food was amazing, because if not, you all got crazy lied to, and it sucked. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I've never posted anything that I didn't like. Um, I've, I've been to restaurants that didn't like the food, um, <laughs> or places where people have been nice to me. I just I just wouldn't post the picture. Um Again, there's nothing wrong with people taking some money if that's what you want to do for like your life's work. Um, but for me, like I don't know that I need like 25 bucks thrown at me from a restaurant to go in there. Um, it seems sort of arbitrary. Uh, and I totally agree with you. I think that you can sort of tell when people are doing that as well. So it makes it feel a little less authentic. Mm, sure. Right. And I think also like we are, you know, like we're to mention, we're all friends and we all know each other. Um, Especially, you know, some of us work in the food industry. Um, someone is posting and we know they're getting paid for the post. Like, we're all going to know and we're all kind of going to look down on them because um, none of us are doing that. So, um, you know, I think it's we're a community now. And I think that, um, you know, it's important to um, realize, you know, align with the values that we all have. Okay, let's take a, a quick shift because I'm upset that I've never been offered $25 to eat at a restaurant. Right. Okay, <laughs> but here's a question. Here's a question for you, Brad. Yeah. Have you accepted a free meal in exchange for posting a picture to your Instagram account? It, it's never. You know what? It's interesting. It's never been explicitly stated to me. I've accepted plenty of free meals, but it's never been explicitly stated to me that you need to post. And that being said, I think I think everybody on this call sort of agrees that we don't really go negative. But yesterday I went negative at a place that I wasn't invited to, and it felt really good. Um, so now, I'm, now I've entered into a place that I never wanted to go, and I'm worried that I'm going to get addicted to it. Time to keep it 100, panel, uh, yeah. to, to quote one of my favorite night shows. Um, who has accepted a meal in exchange for an Instagram post? Well, I think a lot of the meals that, I mean, restaurants reach out to us all the time and say, hey, we would love to invite you in. It's our treat. There's never any explicit, like, Usually, um, you know, this is the amount you can spend, and we expect X amount of posts, and this is um, how many posts we expect, and what time, and what days. Um, one person ever said that to me, and it was really shocking. Um, 
but at least in my experience, you know, restaurants reach out all the time and they say, hey, we'd love to have you in, and I say, great. Um, we never discuss things like that. Um, I would never take advantage and do things like order bottles of wine and you know, order every expensive dish on the menu. Um, and if I didn't like it, I wouldn't post it. Um, so I don't feel like I owe anybody anything either. Yeah, I think she put it really well. Um, yeah, we definitely will accept the offer of a restaurant being like, hey, come in and try our restaurant. If you, you know, if you like us, that's kind of the key takeaway here. I think is that if we like you, then yeah, we'll feature you on our page. But I'm not going to go in into a restaurant, and if I don't like any of the food, I'm not going to post it. I mean, I've been doing this for, what, seven years, and this is even before Instagram was a thing, and I would always tell them, like, listen, if, and I'm just speaking purely now about like a review on my blog, I would be like, look, I'm going to be honest, or I can just give you the feedback, and you can do the changes that I feel might help your restaurant, and then invite some more of us back in, and then we'll see how it goes. But like, yeah, we definitely accept it, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to post it. If I, if I don't like it, I'm not posting it. It's pretty simple. Great. Okay, so now really important question. You go into a restaurant, you're given a free meal. You tip? Absolutely. Always. Yep, always. It depends on, I think, who's hosting it. Um, but most of the time, it's very explicitly spelled out. Um, if a restaurant invites you in, then absolutely. Um, it's been an event being hosted by somebody, a PR company, um, anybody. They'll explicitly tell you, um, we're taking care of the tip, or you're expected to tip. Um, either way, you know, I always want the server to be taken care of. I was a bartender. I was a waitress. Um, you know, we never, we never ever take advantage that way. So we all tip, and it's it's always pretty explicitly spelled out. I think when I first started doing this, they the start companies always used to tell me like what Brandon was saying, like explicitly in the email they would say, please just tip. You know, this is comp, whatever, but please tip. And so obviously I would always do that. Then most recently, um, I think the confusion started to come up when we were doing events and stuff with all these people. Like, it would be a bunch of us in a room, and you kind of figure, okay, how are we supposed to figure this out? Because how much money would this typically cost? Like, that's where it kind of got confusing for everybody. But I've noticed that, again, more recently, a lot of PR companies have started to put in their emails get completely gratuity. So I think that that's smart. As long as you spell it out, like, we're not, you know, we're not rude people. We're not, like, inconsiderate, and, you know, we want to take care of the people who are taking care of us, but we will tip, but sometimes it gets do you think that there are other people out there doing what you guys do that absolutely do take advantage of the free meals and the no tipping and the pay for play and all that stuff? Hell yeah, but to be honest, everybody knows who those people are. Um, in our like, you know, this is a pretty small community of people, um, and I, I don't think there's any like real secrets about who those people are. To be honest, um, and I think that it doesn't take restaurants and PR companies too long to figure out who that is. I think you hit on a good point there, and and this might only be a New York thing. It might be other scenes as well, but you know, I, I think a lot of us all follow each other. We all kind of know each other. We bump into each other at each other's events and other people's events, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I know that if I spend a night at home or a night when I don't go to a restaurant, I'll open up my Instagram the next morning or even the Schweiden Sons Instagram, and I will see 10, 15, 20 photos from 10, 15, 20 different accounts all at the same restaurant and it happens almost every night and it makes me feel like there's almost this Instagram food mafia that spends their entire time and entire effort uh, and other people's money just going around collecting free meals for photos and likes. Am I out of my mind or does that happen? And if I'm not out of my mind and it does happen, are you guys on these invites, and how do I get on them? Are you feeling? Well, let me ask you: Is is that a negative thing? Because I think you phrase it. Is is that bad? 
I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I look at this podcast as a way for Brad and I to help expose people who want to know more about food marketing as to what goes on out there. And in my mind, the three of you are experts and you're honest. Uh, you're honest with us. You're honest with your followers. And I think that you can help provide good insight on what's really going on. Okay. So either there is an Instagram food mafia or nobody's willing to talk about it. I don't think it's a mafia. I just think just naturally over the last, I don't know, since the summer, um, a lot of us do socialize. We hang out. We know each other. We like, you know, you, it's, it's just like any group of friends. It's like a college sorority or your group of high school friends. You know, people like doing things with their buddies. Um, so, yeah, like if, and, and usually the same places will reach out to all of us. So, you know, if I go out to eat with, if, if a restaurant reaches out to a bunch of my friends, like, that's great. I love having a good time with them. I certainly don't mind that I don't pay for it. And I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I mean, I think especially if you're, um, you know, new to New York or you have a new Instagram account, I think going to the events and going to dinners that you're invited to is really important. And it's, you know, how you, you know, being part of the community and meeting the people and becoming friends with everyone is really important. Um, I don't think mafia is the right word, but I do know what you mean when you wake up and everyone um, went to the same restaurant. But I think it just, if anything, shows that we all are really, really passionate about what we're doing and we all had a really good time. Um, it's always really fun. I think that's the bottom line, uh, I know, for me is that it's really fun to do this and I'm so grateful for all the people that I've met along the way. Okay, Rev, I think we just need to get you on some lists. <laughs> <laughs> I have a segue question out of that one, so we'll come out of the hole. Um, in terms of keeping your content consistent, right, uh, do you guys bank photos, meaning like if you go to a restaurant and you eat 10 dishes and you take 10 photos or 12 photos or 10 or 12 different photos, do you post them all right away? Do you save them over time? Like how do you... How do you, what's your formula for posting those photos? Yeah, I think for me, if I go to a place, uh, and I will preface this by saying that if it's like a brunch for lunch, because daylight is just king. <laughs> but um, if uh, I go and I take like 10 pictures, and they're all really solid pictures, yeah, I'm definitely going to post them. Probably, I would never do it all in one day. I think it's annoying to do like a spam posting on Instagram. I don't think anybody likes that. Um, I'll probably post, you know, whichever one I like the best, maybe that day. Um, it doesn't even have to be that day. Sometimes I'll do it the next, it's not really up to the restaurant to tell me when I'm going to post my stuff, you know, so I kind of make that schedule and that's it. But I usually will spread them out a little bit and use them later. I don't really see why not. I mean, it's continued momentum for the restaurant. I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, I, I try never to post while I'm at a meal because I want to actually like enjoy being with my friends. Um, Really, I mean, I'll, I'll take photos of as many dishes as I can. Um, I definitely don't do more than one from the same place on the same day. Um, but I like to post three times a day, and um, it doesn't have to be the same day. Um, so, like, Dara and I went to brunch um, together with a bunch of people on Sunday, and I posted right after the brunch. I don't. I think maybe one other person did. Everybody else waited a day. It's nice to sort of take your time, figure out, um, you know, what I want to say about this. How can I edit this really well? So I don't want to rush it. So I like to take a few, but I'll spread them out. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone has a different method. Um, I think I'm with the other girls here in that I like to, you know, post one picture and then, you know, if it's a few days later, a week later, a month later, um, 
and I have another great photo from that place. I'll share it or I'll save photos, I think. Um, I really like posting variety, um, and I think it's important to, um, you know, not show five pictures from the same place in one hour. I think that would lose people's interest. So what is a good frequency for posting, and what time of day, times of day, rather, are best to post food photos? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think we all try to master the art of the perfect time to post a photo. Um, I think everyone has their own personal theory. You know, I've heard people say, you have to post at lunch or dinner. Some people say, I like to post late at night or first thing in the morning. Um, I don't, I really at this point don't know if there's, I think I think lunch and dinner probably are the highest frequency when people are on their phone, but maybe if you post late at night, you'll, the photo might do better because people are going to see it in the morning. I really, um, I think it's very controversial. I think that's a loaded question. What do you guys think? For me, I, I post three times a day, um, and, and usually I, I do it sort of aligned with meal periods. Um, so I'll do it like right when I think people are sort of waking up for work. So I'll do it around like 8:30. Um, I do a lunch one probably around noon, and then I'll either do around like 5 or 8:30. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's sort of like I'm always trying to figure out how Instagram works. How does the algorithm work? Um, you know, what what is going to maximize my chances to get looks um, on a certain thing? Um, for me, that's sort of what I found is the sweet spot, and I think the more you post, the more times people have the opportunity to see your account. I definitely think it builds followers, um, but I also sort of struggle with, like, I don't want to post too much because it's sort of annoying and obnoxious, so um, I cap it at three, but, um, yeah, if that makes sense. I try to sort of align it with meal periods. What they're saying definitely rings true. I think everybody has their own personal theories, but at the same time, I've also done a little bit of research on it, and uh, I think that some of it has actually rings true for me. I think Sunday nights and Monday nights are huge for Instagram. I see a lot of a lot, a lot of likes on Sunday nights and Monday nights. Um, and I think, you know, honestly, understanding how Instagram works is understanding how people work. So you figure people most of the time are not going out on a Sunday night or a Monday night. That kind of makes sense. And then, um, you know, another big one is uh, supposedly, again, this is based on <laughs> research, was uh, Wednesdays and Thursday evenings, like around maybe five or six, because a lot of people are at work and probably mentally checked out already when <laughs> they're just browsing Instagram waiting to go for a happy hour or something like that. Um, so it's kind of just understanding how people work, too. You know, that's really what it is. And I think Rain also made a very good point about the morning. Um, 8.30, 9 a.m., those are also really good times when people are, like, on their way to work. It's I read an article recently that uh, said the best time to post to Instagram is right before people eat or right before they go to bed. So 12 to 2 in the morning, 6 to 8 in the morning, and 4 to 6 at night. Whether that's I think, that, I think okay. that could be accurate. Um, I th there, there's a lot of websites that you can use that will track things like that. Um, Iconosquare is, is a pretty popular one. Um, they'll actually give you really detailed analytics. They'll break it down into a chart, um, days of the week and times of the day, and it'll show you exactly when, you're, when your popular times to post are. Um, so if you, really want some, if you really want that kind of data, you can find it um, about your own personal account. But yeah, I agree, and that's why I try to post at like 8.30 and noon, because I sort of think like that's probably when people are about to eat breakfast and about to eat lunch. If everyone will, will go around the table, um, list a few ways that you can monetize a large Instagram following. 
you need to have an engaged audience. I think the money is with um, big brands and big companies. Um, I don't think that money is to be made with restaurants. I think having an engaged audience is really important, and also not even just engaged, but also knowing your audience. You know, anything marketing or sales, you know, you have to know your product and you have to know your audience. You have to know the type of people that you're catering to. So I think that when it comes to trying to branch out and get things like sponsors or sponsored posts and things like that with brands, you know, I'm the skinny pig. I love bacon. So obviously, I'm going to go after somebody like or, you know, Springer Mountain Farm, something like that that carries a lot of, like, smoked meat. So I'm not going to go after a vegan soup company. I mean, it's just, like, things like that. Um, those are ways to start monetizing and just, like, reaching out. But, you know, again, you have to realize that this is a relatively new platform that has exploded, I think, in probably about a year. And I don't know that PR companies and I don't know that brands are necessarily catching on to it as quickly as some people are. So, you know, it's going to take a little time, I think, before um, brands and um, PR companies start realizing that there's value in it and start paying for it. So patience would probably be my last piece of advice there. <laughs> I mean, I, I spend all day at my job trying to think about how to turn this into a, how to monetize my account. Um, I don't know if there really is a way, um, personally for me. Um, I think that any products you can get involved with are great. Um, but to Dara's point, I think it has to be very consistent with your brand. So um, a vegan, like, raw place reached out to me recently, and it's just, it's not, it's not, like, aligned with my brand. It's not, like, it's not anything that I normally post. I think it would just be painfully obvious that it was something I was, you know, being incentivized to do. Um, so something I, I think that it just has to be brand consistent. I think products are probably better to push. Um, just like they said, you know, restaurants don't pay us, so there's no way to really monetize that. But um, there probably is ways to engage those people. I'll, you know, it, it never hurts to just ask. Um, I think that sometimes I lose I lose focus of the fact that, like, we are sort of influencers, and a lot of people do follow these accounts, and I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with reaching out to products that you think would be great for your account and saying, hey, um, you know, I'm interested in, in working with you. Would you be interested in working with me? Um, that's sort of it for me. I mean, I've never figured out a way to monetize it, but um, I think products and large brands are probably the way to go. Okay. This has been an amazing, amazing podcast. You've given so many great insights into um, the world of food Instagramming. We always wrap up with a few uh, burger-related standardized questions because we're burger guys, and we know that you all like burgers too. So real quick, please tell us your favorite burgers from childhood. Uh, JG Melons, and it's still my favorite burger. From childhood, there was a place uh, that was in Astoria that is no longer there. So <laughs> it was a diner, but love a good diner burger from Queens. Sorry. What was the diner called? Um, it was the Blue or something. It was like the Blue Diner. It was on like right off Steinway. Oh my God! Actually, I think it's the place that Queens Comfort is now. It used to be in that same space. Crazy. Um, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, unlike these girls who grew up in a culinary mecca. Um, <laughs> there wasn't a lot there. But um, every Sunday, my dad, my parents were divorced. My dad would pick up me and my brother, and we would go to Applebee's and watch football on Sundays. <laughs> and they had a really good burger. So I really liked the Applebee's burger. Yo, I won't lie. I got invited to a, uh, a tasting event <laughs> at Applebee's earlier, well, late last year, <laughs> tasted a new burger, and it was pretty good. I was impressed. Thank you for supporting me and my Applebee's. Well, and I, I think the quote, because somebody, somebody accused, I got somebody got real accusatory on my uh, account the next day, and I was like, "Look, 
if I was in Canton, Ohio on a Tuesday night and I really needed a burger and the only thing open was at Applebee's and I went and ate it, I'd be pretty stoked at the level of quality of that burger. <laughs> well, that's what I had, similar to a Canton, Ohio in Pittsburgh. It wasn't an amazing culinary scene, but it was when I got to spend time with my dad and it was special to me and that's what I liked. So normally the next question we would ask is what's the last burger you ate? But due to the nature of the show, uh, we'll just suggest that people check out each of your Instagram accounts and we'll link that up in the show notes. Instead, we're just going to skip to our last question. What is the one piece of advice you would give to a restaurant or food marketer looking to improve their Instagram food photos? Say natural lighting is key. Eat out during the daytime or close to windows as much as possible. Um, I think having, uh, you know, I think taking photos on your iPhone are great. That's what I do. I think, um, you know, having patience taking a clear photo, um, you know, trying to get a little creative with it. I think everyone has their own style. Um, and just it's all about figuring out what yours is and, you know, being confident in it. Um, same kind of thing. I think daylight is really important, learning what lighting works best. Um, you know, even practicing using the flash the way that we do it sometimes. When we say, light me, you'll know that that means somebody is holding phone over your food and you're taking a photo of it. Also, you know, try to play around with some apps if you're really not um, as good as lighting yet. You could get Pisco Pay app, Tech Plus, AppSeed. I mean, there's a ton of things out there that can help you really learn. And also, um, the rule of stars, that's another thing I was looking into, turning the grid on on your camera. It's really smart because it's just geared towards, like, where your brain actually works when it's looking at a photo um, and lining those intersections up with the grid is a good idea. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can add too much these girls haven't already said. Um, good lighting, you want to get a clear photo. Um, I think a lot of people take sort of like blurry or grainy photos. Um, if you're not comfortable with stuff like Snapseed or ViscoCam, um, really the gears on Instagram have become really advanced. You can do a lot of the same stuff um, if you hit the little gear button to um, sharpen your photos, add saturation, structure, highlights. Um, I think they're pretty advanced and they're not bad at all. Um, it, I think it does a world of difference between a photo that looks kind of anemic where you can sort of pump up the colors and make it sharper. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, that's that's helped my photo quality a lot. This is a really, really awesome conversation. Thank you, all three of you, for coming on today. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for uh, going deep and wide with us on this. And thank you for helping out people who are looking to do what you do. Thank you for helping out people who want to have better food photos. Thank you. This was awesome. I know Brad and I, for months, have been trying to put a show like this together, and we really sincerely appreciate your time and your, and your, uh, your excitement and your involvement and your insights. Our pleasure. Thank Thanks. you so much. So fun. And I hope Brad didn't come across like too big of a jerk. Me? You complain about not being invited to parties. <laughs> no, I don't need to be invited. I'm married with a kid on the way, and I live on top of a hill. I think this is the least jerky I've ever heard Brad be. I think he was charming and sweet. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Like, Bite, and Share. We hope you found today's interview insightful. If you didn't get a chance to write down everything, no worries. We take the show notes for you. Go to schweidandsons.com slash podcast to find them. If you enjoy the show, we ask for one favor, and that's please give us a rating in iTunes. That helps us to spread the word to others who might find this valuable like you do. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. 
so you don't miss a future episode featuring helpful tips from other professionals in the food marketing business. Stay hungry.